Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Luscious Hustle. So I love conversations about that I call the conversations that happen in the stars, right? Things about higher dimensional frequencies, things about consciousness, all of those good things. And we certainly talk a lot about that on the show. But also one of my favorite conversations is about business, but not just, I don't know, old business or your mama's old business or your daddy's old business, um, but really where business is heading during this time on the planet and the role of purpose-centered entrepreneurship in the landscape of business, you know, creating your highest vision in service of others. And there's a journey to doing this. It's not as simple as going out and getting a job, right? There's a lot of stuff that people move through in the process of creating really um, soul-centered businesses. And I believe that that conversation is so nuanced. I think it's rarely discussed in a true, authentic, and holistic way. And today, we talk about so much around everything from stepping into your power to email opt-ins <laughs> to the insatiable need for women to give and always be giving and the culture that creates that need. We talk about uh, doing the deeper work, digging into the shadow, um, masculine and feminine energy, right? How that works within our bodies, within our beingness. And we talk about being unapologetically ambitious. And I share a little bit about my ambition and what it's been like growing up being an ambitious human being and even an ambitious woman, woman, right, in this age. So Betsy and Laura joined me on the show today. They share the same last name and yet they're not even related. They are simply two souls who live in different countries and they connected through Instagram to create their brand, Luscious Hustle. They are transformational business and branding coaches on a mission to empower women with tools and motivation that they need to turn the spark of an idea into a full-fledged business and a sought-after brand. Born from the ashes of burnout, Luscious Hustle was created to redefine what it means to hustle as an online entrepreneur. In less than a year, they harnessed their passion to build a six-figure business that supported the lifestyle and the time and the freedom that they craved. So with no further ado, welcome Betsy and Laura. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank oh, you thank for, you for having, having us. It. My goodness. I love yes. it already. In unison, Laura and Betsy, we're so <laughs> excited. I told, I was like, I love three people conversations because you get so much like context and so many different vantage points. So I want to start off with 
you guys obviously are individuals. You obviously have had, you know, your own life experiences before you came together and created Luscious Hustle to support people in really stepping in and creating a business that's in alignment with themselves. So maybe Laura, you can start and just share a little bit about what brought you here and, and how you guys connected. Well, thank you. Um, and yeah, it's an interesting story. So it's funny the way you phrase that because, you know, Betsy and I are like, we're super different people. <laughs> like, I couldn't, I, I mean, our life, just our childhoods, our, you know, our twenties and, and thirties, what, you know, where we lived in the world and what we've done is very, very different. Our human design charts are like polar opposites just about. Um, and yet we are these, you know, two like, woo-woo nut jobs who managed to connect on Instagram of all places a little over three years ago. And, you know, we had the same last name. We're not related. Like that's the number one question we get asked. Are you sisters? Are you cousins? Like, no, we're literally two total strangers who lived in two different countries, 3000 miles apart in like two hour time zones apart. And we, but we, you know, we connected on Instagram, we became friends. And at that time, uh, Betsy was uh, building her health coaching business and I was doing network marketing. And, you know, every time we got on the phone to, to chat with one another, it was like, we were supposed to be talking about like, uh, well, we're supposed to be talking about the product partner that I was working with and that Betsy had adopted for her health coaching. And we just never ended up talking about that. Just never. I mean, we would always go into deeper conversations about business and how what's shifting in the business world and online entrepreneurship and just more soulful things. And, so then it was December of 2016. Betsy was on her, had been in New York City visiting friends and no one just was having the conversations she wanted to be having. She wanted to be talking about like, you know, email opt-ins and what's, you know, conversion rates and all this stuff and no one was getting it. And so then uh, on her way back from New York City, she called me up and said like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you want to start a podcast? And <laughs> full disclosure, I wasn't even listening to podcasts then. I had, I had like... I mean, I just didn't know. We had no sweet, sweet clue how to start a podcast, but I was just immediately like, yes, like I want to have interesting conversations with women who are doing the things that we're doing and building something for themselves. And it's, you know, it's business, but it's also this spiritual woo-woo personal development realm. And so we literally just took white hot action right then and there. And we had our podcast launched and the first episode was live on iTunes, January 4th, 2017. So it was like two weeks later and, and really kind of the rest is history. We just, we grew the podcast for an entire year all on its own before we monetized and really niched down and figured out our audience and well, built an audience from nothing. And, uh, and then we launched the business two years ago and it's just been, it's been an amazing wild ride ever since. That's so awesome. Sometimes I think the best things get created where it's like, let's do this. And then it's like, how? Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, that's the number one thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I am so grateful that we had beginner's mindsets. Like we didn't know what we didn't know. Which <laughs> is so God. good sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We would, if we had spent any amount of time thinking about how we were going to try and get to where we're at right now, I mean, we would never have started. We wouldn't totally. have, it would never have started. We just were like, okay, well, like, how do we get on iTunes? Let's Google that. And then how do we edit a <laughs> podcast? And Betsy figured out how to edit a podcast. And I think the first episode took her about 4 million years. And <laughs> it yeah. took like 16 hours, I think, to edit the first <laughs> hour of our podcast. Cause we were such, we were such noobs. And like, it's really cute when you listen to the episode now, 
but at the time, like our voices were shaking and we spoke very softly and there were a lot of likes and ums and the journey and the transformation. I mean, it all starts with a single step. We say this to our girls all the time and on our podcast, like transformation takes time, but change happens in a single step. And we just both believe that in order to create the transformation that we wanted, we had to take that step. And yeah, if I knew what I knew, if I knew then what I know now, I probably wouldn't have done it, (laughs) but I didn't have, I had the luxury of not knowing what was going to happen next. And we just went with it. So it's so great. And it's so pure when it comes from that place. So what were you doing in life when you guys started connecting on Instagram? So when we first connected, um, so I had just left, I had been in New York City for about 15 years uh, building accounts in fashion. I worked for a boutique manufacturer, which is just a fancy way for saying I dealt with designers and helped them bring their accessory products to life. And Laura had been a pediatric nurse and she found network marketing and that was sort of her gateway into entrepreneurship. Um, she drank the Kool-Aid hard with network marketing. And I really did. Was, I really did. We can talk was, about the Kool-Aid later. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was her thing. And then for me, I mean, I had always known that I wanted to be a CEO and I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I'd already had one failed business under my belt. And I say failed very loosely at the time it was the end of the world. Um, but I had gone into business with my sister when I was like 24 and we had a t-shirt company and emotions ran high and you know how sisters are. So I had this I had this thing stuck in my head, the story stuck in my head that um, I could never go into business again on my own and I could never have a business partner and I sure as shit wasn't going to go into business with a family member. And then Laura popped up in my Instagram one day and the irony of this is at the time I was starting my health coaching practice and I was looking for a product partner and I'd already looked at the company that she was with and it felt like a good fit. And, um, but I had never received a DM before. And so Laura pops up in my DMS and she's like, we have the same last name. I love what you're doing. And like, we should connect and we should talk and PS by the way, like, here's the stuff, this information. And I was like, Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. And she has the last, the same last name as me. This is so cool. And she's in Calgary and my family's from medicine hat. And, um, then I couldn't find her (laughs) for like (laughs) two weeks to write her back. And when I look back at that moment, you know, I personally was going through so much. Like if she hadn't had the same last name as me as I I probably would have ignored her. And the fact that we went into business the way that we did go into business, I mean, there were some mental hurdles that I had to get through just to be able to do that. But from day one, Laura Laura and I have had this connection where it's just easy to talk about stuff. And we have so much fun and we would get on phone calls that were supposed to be like 10 minutes to talk strategy. And like two hours later, we're still talking business and you know, what's Taylor Swift doing. And that's how we started. <laughs> that we started our business just with a common love of like business and connection and community. And we wanted to talk websites and opt-ins and my friends wanted to talk about Tinder. And I was just like, no, I'd rather talk about business right now. <laughs> You're like, I had a great opt-in. They're like, I met a great guy on Tinder. You're like, okay, we're yeah. not having the same conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a good lesson and like find the people that light you up. Like we have people in our lives that push us and challenge us. And Laura was one of those people for me. And then I was like, okay, I can't get enough of this. So like, what else can we do together? That's going to take us in a different direction than we're in right now. So and love that's it. Fun. Well, I love I th- it. Go ahead. I think, I think right there too, it's like, you know, we, Betsy and I, we've actually traced it back to like the exact moment in time when it, when it happened, like our, our soul contract was birthed, so to speak. Um, 
and, but people, you know, I, I think there's a big misconception about soul mates and soul contracts. I think often people have this illusion or disillusion that a soulmate is, you know, it's always has to be a romantic partner. It doesn't. Or that a soulmate is someone who's going to complete you. And it's complete opposite. Your soulmate is the person who's actually going to push you and challenge you to be, to complete yourself and to become the highest version of yourself. And that's, I mean, that's absolutely been the case for Betsy and I. That's amazing. And it's so true. And I think, you know, good partnerships, right? Like how you were saying you guys are like opposites too. It's like, you can feel the different qualities that each of you bring to the table. And that makes a really, it's like interesting, right? To learn from somebody else and to see their vantage point and their lens and their strong suits and like to call each other up time and time again, creates a really beautiful energy and synergy, which is Mm -hmm. like what I feel from both of you as you're starting to share here, which is really cool. And I think you know, we were talking about how, um, you know, when you just start something because you just feel excited and passionate about it and, and it's like great that you don't know everything because you'd probably scare yourself out of it if you did. And, and so often I hear people saying to me like, well, when I get here or when I learn this or when I feel like some version of done or perfect or, you know what I mean, got it together, then I will start my business. It's like something for them is rising to the surface and they kind of want to do it, but the fear comes in and this idea of I don't know enough and all that kind of stuff. And I think, you know, I think we see eye to eye on this like personal development is business development. These are inextricably intertwined and personal development is part of building your business. Can you talk about how you guys have done that for yourselves? Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. Where do we even begin, <laughs> Betsy? <laughs> Well, you know, a really good example. So for me, I, when we first started the podcast, um, I had been attacked when I was in college by a stranger who saw me across the room. And so for me, being seen was a really big deal. And we live, we live in a world where we're building businesses online and we have to be showing our faces. And so when I first started my business in health coaching, and then Laura and I started the podcast, I knew I could not do a podcast on my own. I knew that I had a voice and that I had something to say, but I couldn't put my face out there because I still had this deep-seated, deep-rooted fear that took me two years of being in business to get over of being seen. And so we started the podcast and I, I saw that Laura had this ability to get online and show her face and do all the things. And I was like, okay, I'll just show up and do the recording and I'll edit and she can be the face of the business. And like, Lord knows that didn't happen, but at the beginning, it was so hard for me to take a photo. And Laura would call me or text me and be like, I need a photo. Like yeah, she like, literally are thinking I'm making you up to the fire <laughs> to show up and do that. And, you know, I think, I think when you're rooted in something bigger, when you can connect to what your purpose is, I knew that I would end up here. I didn't know how I was going to get here. I didn't know that, that, that the path that I was going to have to walk was so difficult, but because I was rooted in the work that I was doing, it made it easier for me to do the personal work and to get over PTSD and some really deep trauma and, you know, show up and, and be there for myself. And also it gave me, I mean, I had Laura, like I also had to show up for Laura. So that made it a little bit easier too. I had a little bit more skin in the game. And I think that also accelerated the healing process for me. But if you wait to be better, you're not actually going to get better because it's going to be that much harder for you to do that deeper work. I think when you have a purpose and a reason for showing up and a reason to do the work. And for, for women, that could be multitude of things. It doesn't need to just be business. It could be like, you want to show up and be a better person for your kids or your partner, or, you know, to do better at your job and accelerate, like whatever it is, 
we have to have a reason to do the work. Otherwise, when it gets tough, you're not going to want to keep doing it. You're going to be like, okay, I'll just wait for another, another day or another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's been my experience, at least in this process. Yeah. The only thing I would, I mean, I would add to that, that, you know, I mean, Betsy had some major like ghosts and some major stories to put to bed. And I mean, that kind of deep shadow work is ugly and dark and it's not fun. Like nobody wants to do shadow work really, but you have to do it if you're going to rise up and really embody the highest version of yourself and be, be that person in your business. You know, like, uh, in our first year, Betsy would always write down like, you know, every morning. Okay. Like I'm waking up here. I am. I'm awake. What would a six figure CEO do today? And like, that's how we made our first six figures in our first year of business. Cause like, okay, well, what should we do today that a six figure CEO would be, would do? We weren't her yet, but we were stepping into becoming those women. And it just, you have to have, yeah, Betsy's absolutely right. You have to have a reason to want to lean in and do that shadow work because we could never have built the business or the brand or become the women that we are today. If, if Betsy hadn't done that work, you know, on my side of it, um, you know, I left my marriage like almost a year ago and I had to, you know, I'm a single mom and I had to just completely basically restart my life more or less. And I went through a lot of struggles. I mean, if I didn't have Betsy, honestly, our, our business would have sank literally. Like she, stepped in and bailed water out of the boat when I absolutely was absolutely energetically spent and dealing with someone who is very toxic and harassing. And, you know, I mean, I've had to call the police, like it's been ridiculous. It's been a ridiculous year. And yet here we are. And it's like, I have stepped into being again, the next level version of myself. And so if I had, I mean, it's, it's absolutely like the biggest laugh to me to even think of like, of us suggesting that like, well, we can't start the business until Betsy heals her trauma (laughs) and we can't start the business until Laura leaves her marriage. Like we would still not have a business. It's the silliest thing. It was actually the business that saved us. Like taking action, the business is what pushed me to realize that I was in the wrong relationship with the wrong person who was disrespecting me on a daily basis. And I needed to step out of that and, and re kickstart my life. And Betsy needed to step into being this incredible coach and incredible CEO that she was always meant to be and not be hiding anymore because of some really horrific, shitty thing that happened to her 20 years ago. So it's, you know, ready is a lie. It is just a lie. And you have to just, if you feel that spark, you have to go after it right this second. Mm, So powerful. I love that. And you talk like on this topic of reaching your first hundred grand, right? In a business. I know for a lot of people that seems elusive, right? Or challenging, like, um, and there's a lot of stories usually in that first section of starting a business. So how do you help people through like, just time, money, like how to, you know, get to that milestone? Well, so first of all, I, you would think for somebody like me who had built multi-million dollar accounts from nothing, basically selling 35 cent belts to like Levi's, um, I would have been the queen of like stepping in, starting a business, going six figures really quickly. Um, I will say that I had a story in my head and I think a lot of women come into entrepreneurship with stories of well, I'm really good at making money, but not for myself. Like there's, there's this worthiness issue and our ability to receive money from other people is blocked because we believe and we're nurtured to believe that we are givers and that we are here to take care of people. And 
especially in the spiritual world, if you're doing any sort of coaching or you have a service, we always want to add value. And I think we overvalue ourselves and we like almost value ourselves out of like taking in money in a way. Like we, we, we try to backstop the logic of like, oh, I have a high ticket item. And so I'm going to just give and give and give. And we overwhelm our audience with how much we're giving. And so I think as women, what we need to do is we need to take a step back and really look at what are the stories that we're telling ourselves? So it's one thing to charge X amount of dollars. You know, like you can have a $5,000 package if you're doing services. Um, if you don't actually believe that you are worthy of that money, you are not going to sell that pro program. If you are out of alignment energetically with what you are willing to bring in, then it's, it's honestly, it's like never going to work. And I think network marketing, a lot of women get started in business through network marketing and really we're perpetuate that network marketing in general, I think perpetuates that employee mindset of like, you do X amount of hours worth of work and you're going to get X amount of money back. So the hundred thousand dollars, there does come a point in time. We've seen this with every single person that we've worked with. There does come a point in time where energetically we're like, Oh, hundred thousand dollars. Well, I have to work really, really hard for that. And you get tired and burned out and then you block your money flow. And that's where luscious hustle really started for us. Like it's the masculine and feminine. So the luscious is the fun and you have to be having fun in your business. Otherwise you can't expand to receive a hundred thousand dollars. You just can't. Like if you are constantly hustling and worrying about how much energy is going out, you're not going to receive it back. You're going to block yourself. And so I think that the conversation around money as women is like, look at what stories you're telling yourself. Like what is popping up? What is the thing that just pops into your head when you're worried about money or you're worried about how you're going to hit six figures? And that's the thing you need to dig into. And that's the story you need to rewrite so that you can energetically open up space to receive. Oh, it's so good. It's so true. If you don't have that give and receive open, right? And I mm -hmm. think, do you, don't you find that too, like, even if, like inherently in women, I feel like there is a switch that even if we're allowing some receiving, that the giving is supposed to be more, mm -hmm. right? Oh, totally. Like I am yeah. supposed yeah. to give more than I receive, right? So I'm always, it's like, and it's funny because I watch this, I see this in my practice too. It's like, as we start to open up the giving, then there's this like, well, now I need to like, you know, are the receiving now I need to even give more. It's like, no, yeah. wait, wait a second. We're just trying to balance this out here. Like, you know, let the receiving, it's almost like we inherently can't let the receiving in and just be with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a big piece of what, you know, luscious hustle, there's duality in that name. Like there's multiple meanings of duality. So the luscious is the fun. The hustle is the work, you know, the luscious is the feminine, the hustle is the masculine. And so, you know, that paradigm is a big piece of our coaching and, what I see happening around sales and women receiving money is that, again, this, this piece of like, they actually go into their wounded feminine when they're trying to sell. And so they, they give and give and give and give and give too much because there's this old story that says like selling is icky, selling is wrong, you know, it's pushy, it's skeevy, it's janky, whatever. And so then they swing, the pendulum swings way far into the wounded feminine as a means to compensate for that judgment they have against themselves. I don't want anybody to think I'm this janky salesman. So I'm going to go over here and give and give and give too much. But then in doing that, you become resentful. You become energetically depleted. You have not filled up your own cup. And it's, you're, you've swung the pendulum really far to avoid what is on the other end of the spectrum, which is the, the wounded, or like the toxic masculine, like, like the wolf of Wall Street. That is that pushy, awful guy, right? We've all had those experiences. And 
So really to become very, very good at sales and to become really good at receiving money and have it just genuinely feel earned and deserved and worthy of it. So we've got to let the pendulum swing back and settle into this balance, a harmony of the, of divine feminine and divine masculine. So the divine feminine is a nurturer. She's there. She's, you know, very creative and she's got all these sparks of ideas, but then the masculine is there to balance it out and help you actually take inspired action and feel really grounded in, in what it is that you're offering. So awesome. It's so, it's so important. I think everybody somewhere along their journey has to kind of walk through that. I don't, Mm -hmm. do you see it as, I think it's something that that is in almost everybody's entrepreneurial journey that I've ever spoken with. Like, I don't think it's something mm-hmm. that, because either people are compensating with like tons of toxic masculine, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to just like bulldoze over this and yeah. I'm going to sell people, right? Like, yeah. and, and so it's like in some way or another, I feel like in the entrepreneurial journey, you're going to have to understand this like masculine and feminine and how um, to give and receive. Don't you agree? Oh, completely. And, you know, the wounded masculine side is um, really when you're playing the numbers game, right? If you're in that sales mentality of like more sales calls, more, 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 push, push, push. And eventually if I just get enough, I will get the sales, hit the sales target I want, and then I'll have the money that I want. And I mean, if you're as a woman, if you're trying to operate your body fully in that wounded masculine energy, you will just burn yourself out in the darkest way possible. It's not healthy. It won't feel good. And even once you do, because you can totally hit a goal without having a meaningful intention behind it, right? There's lots of uber wealthy people all over the world who push and push and push. They hit their goal. They become the CEO. They do whatever have millions of dollars and they also have a drug addiction, right? Because they get right. to the they feel empty. And it's that goal is just you're like, oh, that was it. I I pushed so hard and this is it. Right. And it's because there was no intention backing it, right? That intention and that connection to your soul's purpose. So that's where it has to be that harmony of of the feminine and the masculine together, the divine masculine. Yeah, it's awesome. And so let's dive into some of like, I mean, I guess you could say like, I'm very interested in, I guess what people call shadow work, right? I talk a lot about it because I think that what we aren't looking at, what's hiding in the shadows is running our life. Mm -hmm. And when we can shine a light on it or bring it up to consciousness or start to even have conversations or movement around it, even a sense of humor about it, that it starts to dissipate some of that energetic, that tight energetic tie that is in our way in life. And so when you're coaching or in your coaching practice, like what are some of the key limiting stories um, that you hear from your clients? That's a good question. I think, I think some of the key ones, I mean, receiving money is a really big one, right? And how that presents is it presents in so many different ways. Like just, you know, the stories that you're holding onto from your past jobs and what you bring into it. Um, And, you know, it's funny because I think the masculine and feminine conversation, I think I would say is another one. And really like, as I was listening to you guys talking about masculine and feminine, the stories that we're taught, like there's nurture versus nature. So our nature obviously is to be, to be mothers and to be creative. And that's what the divine feminine teaches us. But we're also sort of brought up in a society where it's not good to chase your dreams for women. 
like I hate saying that, but just think about this for a second. I don't know why I'm going here, but I am. Like on social media, like you talk about like, what do men see in business? Men see it's okay to go after sales. It's okay to be jacked up, 10X this, blah, blah, blah. And what do we tell other women? Go do self-care. Like take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Do the deeper work. And so we're actually not given the space to go in and do the shadow work because it's like, oh, well, okay, honey, go take a bath, right? Like everyone on Insta, Insta perfect. Let's go take a bath and play with our crystals. And I do that. Like, I'm not judging anybody. I like showers. I don't like baths. And I love to play with my crystals. But, you know, it's, there's just this like expediency that happens for men and men are like on this one trajectory where women, I think we're taught to be slower. And I find it really interesting because shadow work can amplify things really quickly in your life. When you do that deeper work and you have that deeper breakthrough, it's really important. Men don't talk about shadow work. There's very few men in the online space that are like digging in. And we happen to be friends with a couple of them. And I love them for it because I think it brings like a deeper understanding to the world and it helps balance the masculine and feminine energy that are out there. But I really wish that like women can, I wish women would take um, a deeper look at shadow work and understand that yeah, it's going to be ugly. And there's a lot of conscious intent. So you have to consciously want to get in there and do the deeper work in order to move through it. Um, but it can speed up your business and it can open you up to so many other things. And it's, you know, I, I love self-care. Please don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm opening a hole for myself here as I'm talking about. This. I just wish that the conversation was like, women are allowed to be ambitious and, you know, we're allowed to do the deeper work to be ambitious and we can hustle and we, you know, it doesn't have to be the same work. It doesn't look the same way that a guy does it, but that doesn't make it any less powerful. I love that you're bringing this up on a tangent. No, it's (laughs) such a good tangent. And it's like, it's so awesome that you said that because like, I, um, I identify with, I'm a very ambitious woman and I have been my whole life. I don't know how to be anything other than that. Like, and I also, um, process information at a lightning fast speed and work at a lightning fast speed. And like, it has been called so many things right over my lifetime. And I think for ambitious women, like, you know, our brain wants to put things in boxes, right? They want, oh, this person's like this and this person's like that. And like one of my like own personal journeys is to not put that in any box, right? To just say, this is the way, I mean, from the time I was little, right? It's like, I like to, to really excel at things to figure them out, to like break them down, you know what I mean? To understand them, to get involved in them. And I move very quickly. And it took me a long time to realize that not everybody thinks as fast as I do or moves as fast as I do. And that's awesome, right? But that I don't have to to do anything different than, than what is feels absolutely in alignment for me. And like in my business, like how that translates, just to give context to what you're saying, like, there is a point in time in our lives where we have to step aside in our uniqueness and embrace all of that, right? We Mm -hmm. each came with gifts and we came with really specific gifts to share in certain ways. And like, I like to play with crystals too. And I do, right? 
but I also am like ambitious. And I always say it as like, I reach to the sky as much as I ground to the ground, you know? And I feel that stretch in between those two worlds. And I think that's what makes a whole, right? A whole person is whatever that means for you to be able to have the masculine and have the feminine and to to let those marry in the way that feels in alignment, right? And, and energetically good for you. And I absolutely agree that as you, especially people that are stepping in to do their life's work, like something that feels like this is authentically what I'm supposed to share with the world, that that all of that comes together in a very like alchemical, powerful, synergistic way that moves you forward, right? In whatever, like moves you forward in business, right? Even down to the practicalities of business, but moves you forward in your mission in a way that feels fulfilling for you. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really great example of this. We run a program called Moon Goddess, and it's all about tapping into your divine feminine energy. And the thing that always seems to come up with our moon goddesses is they, because we attract women that have had really successful corporate careers and they're doing this work to step into their purpose and their passion and to make money and build that six figure business, it always seems to trigger like, oh, well, I'm allowed to feel things now, you know? And so the shadow work becomes a little bit scary. Like, oh, I have permission to slow down today. What do you mean I can slow down today? And so I think really peeling back the layers on the masculine and feminine and understanding that, you know, we as women, we're built differently. We're built on a different energy cycle. Men are built on a 24-hour energy cycle. We're built on a 28-day energy cycle. The Monday through Friday calendar does not work for everybody. And so shadow work becomes this, sometimes, and I've heard this, people say this to me, like, well, I don't want to do my shadow work because, you know, it's just going to take me out of business. And I don't know how to feel my emotions because that's not what I've been taught growing up. And the more we can peel back these layers and do the work, I have personally chosen not to do shadow work at specific times in our business, because I'm like, well, we're launching, I can come back to this. But that's also my conscious choice. I think that when things are coming up for us and just repeatedly hitting us on the head, I mean, we can play whack-a-mole with our emotions, but does that really serve you in business? No. Or we can choose when we go in and we can create pockets of time for ourselves to do the deeper spiritual work. And we can do it in alignment with building a business. And that to me is how you build a multiple six-figure business. It's not stepping back from the challenges. It's stepping into the challenges um, and really leading with intention. Yeah. And the emotional plane is, is your creative plane and is your most powerful manifestation plane of being. So if we're cut off emotionally, then we're not tapped into our greatest creative source coming through and we're blocked in how that can actually manifest in the world. And so I think when we start to like have that conversation on a bigger scale, meaning because most people's connotation with their emotions is, ugh, right? Like, oh, that's sticky. Like, uh, who wants to feel all these awful feelings? Like, it feels like there's no upside in that, right? Like, am I just going to start crying or get upset or angry and just stay stuck there forever? And really it's like, no, we're just opening up your greatest channel, like your greatest gift. It's, it's kind of like hidden in plain sight. I say there's a reason that our collective has shut down, you know, the emotional plane. It's where we stand in our independence, right? It's where mm-hmm. we understand our unique gift that we can share with the world. And so as we start to open that up as a collective, the world will look quite different. And, um, and it's such an important conversation that I'm so glad you guys are having. And 
you know, as we start to have conversations around it, obviously that energy starts to dissipate, right? Which is, which is why we need to come together as women and have these conversations and do podcasts and be together and talk about this stuff because the old programming, right? It can't survive as we start to have higher level conversations and um, be in our higher consciousness. So that's awesome. I'm super excited. Can you share where people can find out about Moon Goddess and your podcast and your coaching and all of it? Absolutely. So all of the things live on our website. So www.luscioushustle.com. Um, we hang out mostly on Instagram and we are luscious.hustle on Instagram. And then as well, uh, we do two episodes a week, every week for the last like three years um, on Luscious Hustle podcast. And that is on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all the amazing places. So cool. Now, you guys, we're going to ask you the questions we ask all of our guests. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you strapped in. We're going to yeah. do this. Yeah. I like sat up okay. in my seat a little bit. Shake out your arms Hold a little bit. <laughs> Get ready. Um, okay, we're going to go through the four questions we ask all of our guests. It's based on the anatomy of transformation. The first question is, um, based on truth, I believe that truth is a huge catalyst in our life. And when we get to some really deep truths, that things start to really move in motion. So we'll start with you on all of these, Laura. What is a deep truth you've come across, maybe even recently in your life? Ooh, holy shit. This is a hard hitting question. Um, you know, the one that came up to, I was thinking about this when we were talking before about like sales and shadow work and stuff. It's like, there's just, it's the, the, the truth about truth is like, we need to be telling the truth and be open to leaning into receiving what people have to say to us and also be open to just saying, you know, with kindness and compassion, but saying what's on our hearts and not sugarcoating shit anymore. I actually think, I mean, where that ties into the sales calls thing is like a lot of people are really scared to have a lot of women that we work with are scared to get on a sales call. They just want people, people to click the link and buy. And I don't actually want to have to talk to anybody. And when you dig into why it's because we've been nurtured, I think as women to, you know, we should always be nice and, you know, we don't want to have awkward conversations. We want to have difficult conversations. We don't want to receive rejection to our faces on a sales call when maybe someone is, is throwing out an objection and, that is a big truth that I've learned. It's like, as you know, we are so better off as women and as, as just people, when we can lean into keeping our hearts open and being like, no, I'm, I'm here to receive whatever that person has to say, even if it is a rejection, because I know I'm going to learn something from it and it's going to be better for me. And I'm going to be a better person to others when I can just share my truth with them. And when we get better at that and not, and we can you know, cut this, like avoiding awkward conversations and cut out the little white lies that we say to sort of save face to everybody else. I think, I think there's going to be a lot more integrity and a lot more magic happening in the world. Mm, I love that. How about for you, Betsy? What is a deep truth that you've come across recently? Um, I think just to piggyback on what Laura says, like our words have power. And so we really need to be mindful of our word choices. So it's funny because Laura gave me I don't know. It was kind of like the craziest compliment I've ever received. She's like, you can say really tough things in a way that is really nice. And, and I think that that goes back to like integrity and how we say things. Like I am the queen of awkward conversations. I actually lean into them 
him because it's something that it's a skill that I believe that I need to work on. That's part of like my truth. Um, but just understanding, like when we say can't, we're putting up a block to receive and how we say things and what we're asking for. Um, we need to get really strong as women to ask for help. And what does that look like for you? So I think words have power and the more we can lean into and really examine with compassion, what we're saying, even to ourselves, like as a third person, as an outsider, that's where the transformation starts. Yeah. Both of those are so important words. Each word has its own frequency, right? It's sending energy through words. Um, And truth is just, truth is like an energetic, like beam from your heart to the heart of another, right? It's like at a very unconscious level, we pick up truth and it's like, woo right? Like I feel that sometimes truth even stops you in your tracks, right? You're like, I don't really Mm -hmm. even know what to say to that. That was so, that was so powerful. I need to just digest for a second. So I love both of those. The second step is release. When we realize a deep truth, there's usually something we're going to release around that. So whether that's a limiting belief or perception we've had about ourselves or about a certain way of being in the world, it can even be people from our life, right? Or ways that we have been living our life. So when you, for you, Laura, like when you were talking about really stepping into your truth and how you speak and on sales calls, like what for you needed to be released so that you could really step into that? Um, well, with the sales call situation, (laughs) I think the thing I had to release was like, it's okay if I don't get it on the first try. I, you know, like you were saying before, you know, you're really ambitious and you, your mind works really fast and you put two and two together at lightning speed. I was always like that as a kid. And I was always like, I I am that way now. I I just put things together really freaking quickly. And as a child, I wasn't much of a perfectionist, except that I, I did like to, you know, get things right the first time. If I thought, if I could conceptualize it in my head, which I could really quickly, I wanted to be able to act it out really fast. So piano lessons were a struggle for me because I wanted to get it right the first time I could see it in my head, but my fingers didn't know, you know, the muscle memory wasn't there yet. And so learning to be patient with myself is a like probably the life lesson my soul has to learn on this cycle is patience with myself. So with the sales call thing, it's like I had to release the idea that I was going to be perfect the first time. It's okay to have multiple failed sales calls, air quotes, failed sales calls in the beginning of your business. That's actually what's going to make you a master at sales. Um, Because really failure is like, I always imagine, I don't know why, but if you think about like Harry Potter, you know, in like the room of prophecies, they have those globes you know, those glowing globes. I always imagine that a failure is like one of those glowing globes, but it's covered in shit. And so so (laughs) like, that's what failure is. So you have to hose off the shit to get that prophecy that lies underneath that something you can actually learn from. Right. And so it's like, most people just see lumps of shit when they see a failure happen to them. And I'm like, Oh no, it's the Harry Potter glowing prophecies. I just got to hose them off. And then I get something really amazing from it. And that's, that I had to release the perfectionism so I could realize that that's what I would get if I did lots of sales calls and just failed hard at them in the beginning. That's so awesome. What about for you, Betsy? Um, for the sales call bit? No, wait, no, in regards to like, you were saying that your truth was our words have power. Like what, what, when you really started to understand the power in words, like what did you have to start to release? Maybe words that you said to yourself or things that you were thinking that weren't beneficial. How'd that show up for you? I think for me, it was just trusting my voice. So I had to release the story that like, I 
didn't know what I was saying. Like I happen to be somebody that's like really, I'm like you, I'm like super ambitious, super smart. I love being the smartest person in the room. And I am not embarrassed to say that anymore. Like I really just, I like that. And I think for a long time, I kept my mouth shut just because, and I was always the person in my old job where I, I was the no person. Like I was the person that constantly was telling people no. And so really getting in the habit of saying yes to things, that was actually the hardest thing for me to do. I had to release that everything was a no and really step into, yes, there's a way to do this. And that is a really hard shift to make. And it takes a lot of practice. And that's where awkward conversations started coming in for me because they actually gave me the opportunity to push myself in a way and to train my brain in a new way that even in a shitty situation, there's an opportunity. And that's what I lean into is the opportunity. It's so great. I love that. And I think, you know, to what Laura was saying about get not getting it right, like on the first time, I think that's so critically valuable. I was scrolling around. I found this quote about the only difference between a master is they've failed more times than the person who never started. Mm -hmm. Like, which is really just what getting on the court is, right? And like, and starting to just do and do and do and get better and grow. There's no other way. It's so awesome. Um, And so the third step is really experience, which is where we start to shift our frequency. Like frequency is raised through the byproduct of releasing the things that are not in truth. So as we start to release things that are not in alignment with the truth of our soul, right? The truth of our highest self, our experience in life changes. So what started to change for you, Laura, like as you started to release, like, hey, it's okay if I don't get this the first time. Um, I mean, I, again, I think it just comes, comes back to patience for me. I am not a patient person. I'm exceptionally more patient than I ever was before, but I really like patience is something for, I want, I move quickly. I talk quickly. I, I Betsy laughs at me all the time because I walk way too fast. I eat too fast. Like <laughs> I just do everything really quickly. And I, I, you know, my soul needs to learn to slow down and to have patience with myself, patience with others. Um, and when I do that, I get to actually be more present. I mean, I, I'm, it's easier for me to stay present in the present moment, um, which I know now is a big piece for me in my success formula uh, in terms of my human design. I'm a generator. I need to really be in my body and feeling in my body. I'm a sacral authority. Um, and so, you know, I see now that I have spent a lot of time in my head. That's where like the old perfectionism tendencies and like releasing that and learning how to be patient with myself. Part of that patience is like um, when you're stuck in your head and you're told or you know that you need to be more patient, it feels like a waiting game. And it feels like you're someone's putting the brakes on you, which for someone who's a little hustler like me, I don't want to put the brakes on. But when I flipped that around and chose to see it as an invitation to just be present in my body and to start making moment by moment decisions based on what's in alignment with me, what my sacral authority is like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, uh uh-uh, no, then that actually made the lesson of patience feel more fun. It felt more rewarding and gratifying. And I was able to, I think, grow faster um, as a woman and, but also as a boss. Mm, so good. And what for you, uh, Betsy, when everything wasn't a no and things started becoming a yes, how did it, your experience of life change? You know, I think this is the core of receiving an abundance is that vibrational 
attunement. So like when you release things that are a low vibration or when you release something that isn't serving you, what you're doing is you're creating space and it, we can only grow when there's space. Like think of a plant, like a plant can't grow or fish, like a fish gets stuck in a fishbowl and depending on the size of the fishbowl, that's how big they will grow. So if you're sitting in a small fishbowl right now, then you're not going to grow the same thing with a plant. Like if you are in a tiny little pot and your roots can't grow, then the plant itself doesn't grow. It's going to stay small. And so I think when we align ourselves with this opportunity, space can feel really scary at the beginning when you're on a, on a spiritual journey and people don't necessarily get like, oh, you want space to receive. And they're like, no, no, no. I have five minutes in my day. I'm going to work and work and work and I'm going to hustle, hustle, hustle. And you're going to fill that spot up. But if you keep filling those spots up and you keep trying to stack things on, there's no space for growth and there's no space to receive. And so vibrationally, when you let something go, you create space and that allows you to step into larger sums of money and more opportunity and the ability to take on more clients. Like particularly for me, because I'm a little bit more em empathic and I take on a lot of people's energy. I do a lot of energy work on myself, but I could only work with so many people at the beginning. I had to learn how to expand into taking on 15, 16, 20 clients and that's okay. I didn't understand it at the beginning because I wanted to be super successful, but I didn't have the energy to sustain that relationship with more people. And so I, I totally get the frequency that you were speaking about at the beginning of the question, because it's, you have to align with that new frequency to expand. Absolutely. You described it perfectly. You do. And it's like, it's like anything in life, right? You're learning how to expand into these new levels and these new frequencies. I mean, it's the same as any learning process that a child goes through, right? It's like somehow we get to be adults and it's like, oh, we're not supposed to learn anymore. <laughs> Wrong, right? There's so many different levels that we still want to grow. Our soul wants to grow and learn on. So I love that. The fourth step is align which is really how do we stay in these high frequency um, places? Like how do we continue to up level and continue to align ourselves with things that help us stay in that vibration? So, you know, certainly we want to make it easier on ourselves by having, whether it's practices or people or groups or things that we surround ourselves with that are reflections of this higher alignment. So for you, Laura, what is, what is it, would you say keeps you in alignment? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, well, Betsy definitely does because she's the queen of <laughs> awkward conversations. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say, you know, whenever, so on our podcast, we always ask people like, what does the word luscious mean to you? And then we've had that actually question thrown back at us a few times. And to me, luscious and being, being aligned is luscious to me. And to me, luscious in aligned are like, it's like having a full body laugh. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that really good when you're like with friends or you're watching something and it's just so funny and you just like, you have tears streaming down your face and you're like, you know, clenching your pelvic floor <laughs> so you don't feel your pants <laughs> and, you know, and you're just like that, you just feel it in every fiber of your body, like that big, big laugh and you're sharing something with someone. Like if, if I can do that once a day, if I can have a really good laugh with someone, I know I'm keeping myself energetically alignment. I'm keeping myself in the present moment and I personally have it, Betsy is like this too. We have the tendency to just get way too serious. We're just, mm -hmm. we're just a couple, we get way too serious, the two of us, and there's just no need for us. And I think a lot of people have that problem. We just get a little too darn serious about life. And, you know, that was part of our, always our intention behind, you know, our name, Luscious Hustle. It's like, hustle is a trigger word for a lot of women. A lot of women really, they either love hustle or they hate it. And so we wanted to really redefine 
hustle. And so, you know, we, our work is, it's a luscious hustle and it's, that means we're in the present moment, we're, we're aligned, we're having fun and we're not taking ourselves too seriously, even though we are really hard workers. I love that. And what is it for you, Betsy, that keeps you in alignment? Honestly, it's so funny that you're asking this. Um, it's space. I need to be outside and alone. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have, I just got back. I was in California for a couple of weeks and every single morning I was walking on the beach and just by the waves and we were up in Yosemite and like even going up to visit Laura in Calgary. Like I love going up to Banff and just being in the mountains. And it's not like I need to be on a hike and nobody around me to feel the space, but I just like space. And I think that recognizing that for me was a big shift because in the past, like I'm a New Yorker at heart. I will always love New York. Like New York is like my power energy source. Like I can go to New York and plug back in and that's great. But for true alignment to happen, there needs to be the space to think and be creative and to feel my feelings and not just bottle them up, which in New York, you get so wrapped up in the energy of the city um, that I buried a lot of stuff. And so the, you know, the opposite of burying is giving it light, giving it space and that's where my alignment lies is in those spaces. Um, and just being able to like flow freely in the space. Mm, I love that. You beautiful little empath. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so good. Like, and you know, the biggest thing, the biggest deal, like the more empathic you are, the more you take on other people's energy and have those kind of permeable membranes, the more important it is to be in that space to clear, right? To see yeah. it's hard for empaths to be like, what is mine and what am I holding in the collective or in the people I love, right? And yeah. and because it's like permeable, right? It's like this very permeable um, energetic membrane. And so the truth, it's like when you clean your palate, you know, <laughs> between between courses of a meal or something, it's what it's what's necessary. And the vibration of the earth and nature is what resets that. And so I love that. I think that's awesome. I think everybody could use more of that, especially like with all of the energies and frequencies of all of our technological gadgets that we love. Um, It's really easy to scramble our energy. And so when you get out in nature, it just kind of restores it to the way it's supposed to be. So that's beautiful. You guys, you're cool. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for sharing all of this information. I just know that this episode, people are going to be like, um, rewind. I need to listen to this one again. (laughs) Um, Let's go over this stuff, um, which I think is so helpful. And so thank you guys for coming to hang out with me. Thank thank you so so much for having us. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.